0: Hello and welcome to the Inner Work Conversation. I'm Nikki Cross, and this is a little bit of a different intro than you're used to. If you are wanting to make progress towards something, something that you wanna do, be, or have, The reason that it can feel so hard to make progress has nothing to do with your ability. You are not doing it wrong. You don't even need to know the how and what each step will be or have the perfect strategy or the perfect plan. It's got nothing to do with any of those things and everything to do with the inner work and the energy that is driving your actions and inaction. So this is an invitation before we get into the episode that you check out my new group program that is starting on the 26th of January, which is do the thing. You have got up until the 24th of January to sign up. The link is in the show notes. And if you can't access that, it's www.tlb.org.uk forward slash do the thing. I've spent the last 15 years learning about leadership, self-leadership, and how to genuinely make progress towards the things that you want in your life or you wanna do, be, or have. And it is all captured in Do The Thing. And I know that I am not the only beneficiary of this information. All of my one-to-one clients have received it and it can be genuinely life-changing. So head on over to tlb.org.uk forward slash do the thing I hope to see you in there. Hi, and welcome to episode 63, the six stages to doing the thing. Now, to be clear, you all know if you've been listening for a little while, I've got a program launching soon on the 26th of January. Final day to get in is the 24th. It is called Do The Thing. But this episode My intention is twofold. If you're not sure if this is for you, then I hope this episode episode helps give you the information that you need to make an informed decision. Um, So that's my first intention. If you are on the fence, if you're not sure, I hope you get what you need in this episode to go. It's a yes or it's a no. I feel it or I don't. My second intention Is for those of you who you know you won't be joining us, or maybe you're listening to this episode much later down the line. Regardless, you're not in. (laughs) I hope that this episode gives you enough free content to implement the six stages of do the thing into your life to create change. That's my intention for this episode. So, like I said, there are some of you that by the time this episode's released, You'll be like a child waiting for Christmas Day. You've already signed up to do the thing. You've received your goodies in the post. You're ready. You're all signed up. You're ready. For others, you're here for the free stuff. And that's that's enough for you. And maybe you're listening. Maybe this is the first time you're tuning into one of my episodes. And if so, welcome. Welcome. Whoever you are, whatever your intention is, this episode is going to help you make progress. Possibly in ways that you hadn't considered before. So if there is something that you want to do, be or have... That is what this episode is about. It's about helping you move towards that thing. So for me, I wanna go backwards to go forwards a little bit and I wanna tell you about a time in my life when it was all about force and shame. Because if I start there, you'll understand where all of this has come from and why I feel so passionately about what it is I now teach. Um, So let's start there. If I wanted to do something or be something or have something, it was so much force, it was all force practically, 95% force and shame, what a fucking concoction that is, I, and I know I'm saying this because I know that some of you will be in this place, be able to relate to this place, I would force myself by pushing myself harder and harder and then when it didn't work out or when I didn't achieve what I wanted to by a certain time maybe, or when I was fucking burnt out, I would shame myself. So it would sound a little bit like this. If you'd have just worked harder, if you'd have just tried more, if you'd have just stayed up later, woke up earlier, restricted yourself more strictly, been more resilient, been more disciplined, spent more time, been more determined, etc. <laughs> and then when it wasn't going my way, usually because I pushed myself so hard, I would shame myself. And that sounded like, see, even with all that effort, you still couldn't do it. You probably could if you'd have tried harder. Other people are able to do it so much more effortlessly. Look at them and you can't. And you shouldn't have even tried because you really tried hard and you failed. What a waste. Shame on you. You've let them all down. You've let yourself down. Get back in your fucking box. And I know that that sounds dramatic. And that probably is a dramatised version with a dramatised tone. But without the drama and without the tone... They are genuinely thoughts I would use to think. I can hand on heart tell you that force and shame will lead to all sorts of awful traits and traits that massively will impact on your self-esteem and your mental health and well being. And I can genuinely hand on heart recall those awful traits, feeling like a failure, feeling like a fraud, um, doing things to on the outside look good, but I didn't feel good on the inside, feeling empty, feeling depressed craving positive attention, craving other people's validation and approval and feeling like <sighs> the only way I can explain it is a little bit hostile and apathetic. That's that's the place that I personally went to. Um, and so I can honestly look back now and tell you that even with all the success that I did have, and I'm talking here about personal success and I'm talking about professional success, I still didn't feel good because the success came with the sacrifice and at the cost of my own mental well-being, sometimes physical well-being and my self-esteem and that's why like if you're a friend of mine or um, maybe I've coached you or maybe you've just listened to podcast episodes, that's why you'll quite often hear me say at what cost, that's all very good but at what cost. So anyway, let me start the episode by asking you this. If your success in any given area was inevitable, which would you choose out of the following two? Number one, force and shame. No matter what you do, it's not enough. Where every move you make or every move you don't make, you give yourself shit and where any results that aren't the best or perfect, you're afraid of how you'll be judged. That, or number two, with ease and flow and joy, where you know the direction you're headed, you'll take small sustainable steps which actually feel good in the process, even if they're challenging, they feel good. You don't take your results to mean something about you and you care way less about what they think. Tell me, which would you choose? Number one or number two? I was asked today how I do it. How do I change and adapt to meet my desires? And the honest answer is the do the thing framework. That is honestly how. And I know there will be many of you who will listen to this. And for whatever reason, you won't sign up. Perhaps you don't have the financial resources to. Perhaps you feel like it's not the right time for you. Perhaps investing in yourself in this way seems like an outlandish, overwhelming thing. Maybe you just don't want to. (laughs) Maybe that's why. So what I thought I would bring you in this episode are the steps to do the thing. And of course, I'm not going to be guiding you through them. This isn't the content of the program because that's something I'm going to be delivering inside Do The Thing. But I want to at least outline the framework so that for those of you who've already joined up, you can get excited. But for those of you who aren't and are never going to, you can use it to hopefully create positive change in your life. And I will flag before I get stuck in. At the end of this episode, I'm going to be going into Q&A. So I'm going to be answering some questions about do the thing. So if you're interested in joining us, you can make an informed decision. And if you're not, I'll flag it so you're able to switch the episode off at that point. So let's go. So number one, the first stage to do the thing is actually preparing to do the thing. We release, we let go of what no longer serves us. This is about understanding what has been holding you back and learning how to become intentional with your thoughts, with your actions, with your energy. So the thing here is like most of your thoughts are unintentional and most of the thoughts that you have that are disempowering you are on repeat. Unconscious, unintentional and on repeat. I get asked often, how much I journal and work through negative in inverted commas or low vibe thoughts. And the truth is every day, multiple times a day, all day, (laughs) seriously, maybe not journal, but I face them. And the people who are asking me this are often, they're asking me because they're scared to investigate or spend much time with their negative thoughts. I'm doing air quotes around negative, by the way because they worry that they'll get stuck there but my truth and the truth of many others is that exploring negative thoughts has only ever helped us to become in a more empowering space because i coach myself to move through them and choose the next more empowering thought notice i'm not saying positive right because positive and negative makes it sound like you're going to be like it's some sort of magic trick and the negative thoughts are bad. They're not bad. They're part of your human experience. You're meant to feel the whole fucking range of emotions. That's the reason you've got access to them. (laughs) And having a negative thought doesn't necessarily... it's not necessarily a good or a bad thing. It doesn't make you good or bad. So that's why I'm saying the word disempowering. And anyway, sometimes... This is like a mega, like a really mega quick in the moment job, noticing a limiting thought or a disempowering thought, or even at times a really fucking mean thought, and deciding that I will change it. All the way through to a full on ritual style in front of the fire, burning shit, journaling, breathwork sessions, where I explore the foundation of where these thoughts and beliefs might have come from in order to create a new future for myself. I do think that there is skill involved in exploring the foundations of a thought or belief in order to release it without getting stuck there or slipping into victim mode, which can sound like, well, I'm a people pleaser because I was brought up by my mum and she was a people pleaser. That, to me, that is what I would call resignation. We resign ourselves to a truth, in inverted commas, and we treat it as though we aren't involved in shaping ourselves utterly bollocks i accept and i agree that some beliefs are harder to work through some beliefs take more commitment but i refuse to accept that we cannot shape new beliefs and let go of ones that are disempowering us even if they are ingrained ultimately the thought i want to pose to you is this when you're pushing 100 and your life is almost over what do you want to look back and see Someone who has accepted the status quo because that's just the way it is or someone who changed the status quo for their lineage moving forwards? Do you wanna look back and see that you rejected yourself pre the situation, you rejected yourself in advance of opportunities and things that would bring you joy and fulfillment in case you failed or were laughed at, in case it didn't work out? Or do you wanna look back and see someone who tried with what they had in each moment and just did what they could with where they were and what they had? Do you want to look back and see someone who wanted to do all of these things but didn't? Or do you want to look back and see someone who gave it a go? My belief is that every single one of us, we deserve to live a life on our terms. We deserve to thrive. Whatever thriving means to you in the situation that you're in, you get to define that. And I support and encourage you and I invite you to release and do the work of letting go the thoughts and beliefs that disempower disempower you Sorry, instead of treating them like they're facts, instead of letting them be the things that rule your life and rule where your action and energy comes from. I am asking you in the first step, the first stage of do the thing to release and let go of what is disempowering and no longer serving you, which leads me nicely into number two. Second stage is desire, want, and dream. Get clear on what it is that you want because your desires, your goals, your dreams, they are as unique as you are and it's time to pay attention to them. And this is where I personally spend a lot of time Every single day. What do I want? What do I want? What do I want? In each situation, what do I want? What do I want the outcome to be? How do I want to feel? What impact do I want to make? Is this good or is this good for me or is this bad? Is this an expansive thing for me or is this it is this restricting? Is this taking me closer to what feels good or further away from that? And if you're a current or previous one-to-one client of mine, you will know these questions very well. The <laughs> thing because this is a big foundation upon which my one-to-one work is made. The thing is with this, it is, and I know this about you, it is unlikely that you've even been asking yourself this question at all. And it's likely that when you do start asking yourself these kinds of questions, The answers will be lukewarm. They will be limited and they will be blocked. So, for example, you'll ask yourself, like, what do I want? And then in the next breath, you'll dismiss it. Like, it's a silly idea or it's outlandish or it's selfish or obnoxious or audacious. And I encourage you to indulge in that. I encourage you to have the silly ideas. I encourage you to prioritize yourself. I encourage you to think audacious fucking outlandish thoughts, because they're probably not even silly self-centered or audacious, they're probably just really normal things to want, that you've been conditioned to think aren't the norm for people like you, I want you to challenge what the norm is for people like you, why the fuck don't you get to love what you do, not be stressed out all the time, Get paid ridiculous amounts of money for the ridiculous amounts of impact that you and only you can make in the world? Why do you have to suffer and sacrifice to get what you want? Why can't it be more joyful? When we cover this element inside Do The Thing, I am asking you to lean into what could be, what might be possible, what you know is possible for other people but you have decided it's not possible for you because the more time you spend with what do I want thoughts, the more of your time and energy and attention you put into what do I want thoughts, the more your life will begin to be led from that place. And the other thing that I want to mention here is the drama that we create, that when we're identifying and getting clear on what we want, the classic, oh, I don't know, oh, I just, I'm so overwhelmed, I'm a bit confused, I don't really know. A long time ago, I listened to a book called Manifesting Change by Mike Dooley. What an awesome guy. Um, for those of you who have seen The Secret or read The Secret, he's in there, bald guy. For those of you who seen Notes from the Universe, the little emails you get daily, it's him. Anyway, in his book, Manifesting Change, highly recommend it, he describes the matrix and for any of you who have this book, by the way, it's page 78, and anyway, basic, basically, it it's a matrix, and it includes six columns, and in its lower half, they represent the entire spectrum of reality as we know it. I'm reading, by the way, here, all possible dreams and end results. These columns are at the heart of the matrix. They encompass anything and everything a human being could desire. The matrix is like an artist's color palette, except it offers a palette of end results to choose from. Let's look at the six columns one at a time, beginning with the far left. In the two left-hand columns, the possible end results are intangible. So the the end results in the left-hand columns are literally things like happiness, gratitude, confidence, creativity, acceptance, patience, love, and then the, basically the way it works, this matrix is the further to the right you go, you can see things like specific people. I want a specific employer, a specific car, a specific house. Now, what he explains in this book, I won't read anymore, but what he explains in this book, it's fucking genius, is there is nothing wrong with wanting the specific things in the right hand column. Absolutely nothing wrong with it at all. But when we are able to see what we want, quite often people get scared of it because they're scared that if they don't get what they want, then it's going to hurt them or harm them in some way. They're going to feel uh, a level of of resentment and disappointment that is matching with the how, how much they wanted that specific thing, right? And anyway, he talks in here about attaching to the left-hand column and detaching from the right and many of you will have heard this also framed as when you are identifying what you want, you identify it and you say this or better. I want this or better and what I've personally learned over the years is what my brain can fathom that it wants isn't actually meeting the potential of what could be true for me The limits are my own imagination. And that's the same for you. And so, therefore, what began for me at the very, very beginning of all of this self development and of all of this coaching people through their own self development is I recognized that in myself and in the people that I work with, we all start being very obsessed with the how very obsessed with the how we identify what we want and then our brain jumps to but how how is that going to happen and for me what I, what I would do is i would i would <laughs> i would identify what i wanted and then my brain remembering that our brains love to solve problems my brain would get to work and when i identified a way of making it happen i'd get to work on making it happen i'd, I'd get to work on the action and as i said earlier with my methods of force and shame right there, I would fuck myself over. Because right there, in defining the how and then getting to work on that and being obsessed with making it happen through force and shame, I would close myself off to any better way, any easier way, any more joyful way, any more efficient way, any any way that would bring me and more people more fulfilment. Because I wanted to be in control, 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 control. So... On this, I really want you to, when you're thinking about what you want, I really want you to think about how much control you are applying to how it will happen and how open you are to this or better. And lastly on this, and this is a really important one before we move into stage three, this is gonna be a long podcast, I think. Strap yourselves in, may do it in two parts. The last thing I wanna say on this stage is, please love the goals that you set. Please love the desires that you make. It is so important that if your hopes and your dreams and your desires and your goals, if they feel heavy, that you address this. Because there is one thing being disciplined and diligent and resilient and having a great work ethic. That's one thing, right? But I can sure as shit guarantee that all of those things don't feel as good as being lit up by the destination that you are working towards and working from a place of love and excitement. And that is really one to consider. If your goals feel heavy and burdened, I want you to look at them and I want you to assess why that might be. And I want you to see if you can even frame the same goal just in a a way that fills you up a little bit more. I hope that makes sense. Okay, third stage, becoming a match for what you want. The thing is, and I genuinely believe this, and this is coming from someone who, you know, if you've listened to previous episodes, I was raised by parents who had seven-day work week um, work ethics. I, you know, I was raised in a family where your work ethic and how hard you worked was the most important thing. And what I've had to uncondition myself from, what I've had to unlearn is exactly that. It isn't supposed to be hard, it isn't supposed to be stressful, it gets to be easier for you. Let's remove the confusion and the uncertainty and let's start enjoying the process. And I'm going to keep this short and sweet because I don't want this episode to run on too long. I want to be really clear on this one. What I'm not saying here is that there won't be challenges. I'm not saying it won't challenge you, I'm not saying it won't be tough... I am saying there is a difference between doing hard things that make you feel energised and doing hard things that make you feel depleted. And I know you know what I mean. In my own business, and like there's many people who I outsource to and we can both agree, I can work fast and hard and I can still be pumped. And this isn't because I'm not facing challenges, I am. (laughs) This isn't because I'm not doing things that fucking scare the living daylights out of me. Or I'm not fucking up regularly, I am. <laughs> this is just this is this is all true. I all of those things happen daily. <laughs> but it's because I am energetically connected to what I am doing. And what I mean by that, because that's that can sound a bit vague and ambiguous. What I really mean by that, everything I teach inside of Thrive Together and the Thrive First method. I am consciously always aware of what I do, what I delegate, what I outsource, what I automate, what I defer, what I delete. And more to the point, I think there is a big difference in working hard on something that fills you with dread and fills you with um, anxiety and resentment as opposed to working really hard on something that is ultimately bringing you joy. So there are things in my business that I don't like to do. And at the beginning, I didn't have the financial resources to outsource them. So I had to understand that they were contributing and leading to a bigger thing. Like my accounts, right? I didn't have that money at the beginning. And so I had to learn how to do it. And I really didn't like... So what I'm, I am suppose what I'm not saying here is that it won't be hard or difficult at times. What I am saying is that you get to enjoy the process. And further to this, because I want, I want you to know deeply that this is something I've worked on big time, since I launched Thrive Together, so last, so February 2021, I personally have had to work hard, big time, on suffering, that, and I know that sounds like a dramatic word, but stick with me on this, when we look at what society, or your parents, or whoever, what, the work environment, when we look at what's drummed into us, it is about how hard you work, And I really want to present a different idea to you that you get to enjoy things a lot more than you think you do. And that's what that's what stage three is about. It's becoming a match for what you want. Because what you want, the ultimate destination, where you the direction that you want to be headed, there is no George up there in the sky going, Yeah, but did she suffer enough? Did she work hard enough? Did she go through enough burnout to get that, does she deserve it, that's not fucking real, that's not real and I've got tools and techniques that I can help support you with becoming that match but it takes for you to recognise first that it gets to be easier than this, let's remove the confusion, the uncertainty, let's start enjoying the process Which leads me nicely on to number four, because this is what normally comes up when we work through this, is working through the fear, the resistance, and the buts. That is stage four. Working through the fear, the resistance, and the what ifs, the buts. And this is probably my favorite stage of them all. So week four of do the thing, we're gonna be practicing self-coaching through the stuff that used to make you do a U-turn, through the things that used to make you head backwards and go back to square one. The things that used to make you show yourself evidence that, no, I can't do this actually. I thought I could, but I can't. Because when we're in motion, this is normally when resistance will come up. This is where I teach you how to self-coach. And this is the stage where you have to learn to love yourself. Because when you love yourself, you put in the work. You've got to accept yourself wholly, now, not when, not if, not conditional based on XYZ result, now. In this part of the program I teach you how to self-coach and you've heard me say a million times, this is the most important work of all because in truth I am not and have no intention to be your coach. You are your coach and my work in the vastness that is your life Whether you are just working with me by listening to this podcast or whether you engage with me one-to-one or in one of my programs, my work with you will be a drop in the ocean in comparison to the work that you can do with yourself if you learn this skill. There will always be challenges, there will always be ways you can grow, there will always be skills to develop, new knowledge to learn as long as you're growing. So instead of taking the outside information in and applying the meaning to it that you're not good enough or you're flawed or you're unworthy I teach you how to self-coach so that you can identify the ways that you can use the inner experience that you're having to create better outcomes for yourself both in your inner world and your outer experience and I know that that's you might be sitting here thinking hang on a minute Isn't that the first thing we did? Isn't the first step in this whole thing identifying the blockers, releasing them and letting go or the disempowering thoughts that are holding you back, letting go of them? Yeah, you're right. I know this. But there is a huge difference between identifying and releasing the thoughts and beliefs that were stopping you from starting and transforming the beliefs and the disempowering thoughts as they come up, as you're in motion, as the challenges rise up to be met, you know, huge difference. So this is the key, learning how to coach yourself in moments of resistance could be, probably will be, the small difference that keeps you going when you would have stopped. Learning how to coach yourself could be the difference between facing a setback and making it mean something about you, or taking it as part of the course, normal problem to encounter. It really helps to normalise the rough parts of the journey, because just like a baby learning to walk... You're gonna fall down. When you first try, you're gonna get hurt. You're gonna have setbacks. This is normal. What's an abnormal problem is that the baby starts to learn to walk and then 55 years later, it still hasn't learned to. Yeah, of course, that's when it's an abnormal problem. That's when you'd have professionals involved because it wouldn't be considered as a normal timeline, (laughs) a normal problem to have anymore. Where, on the other hand, in the metaphor of being a baby learning to walk, Crying, and then because we're not able to do it first time, we take that as a we take that normal problem, and we treat it like it's an abnormal one. And we do this because that's how we've learned to be. You know, you've got to be the A plus student, you've got to be perfect so you get the promotion. All that nonsense. This isn't the game we're playing anymore. We're not in it for the quick win. We're not in it for the passing the exam. We're not in it for that. We're in this for the long game. So then, when resistance and fear comes up, which it will. We need to be able to learn how to navigate that with grace, with self-love, which leads me into step five, taking inspired, aligned and joyful action. So this this step is about discovering and doing the steps that will inevitably lead you in the direction that you're going. This is where desire meets action. And I want to give you a personal example of where this was born from. I launched, I said to you before, didn't I, I launched Thrive Together in February 2021. And I'm going to use that as an example for this one. In November 2020, um, I had an idea and I knew that Thrive Together is what I wanted to create. But at at the time, I didn't have the financial resources to reinvest into my business at the scale of which I wanted to. So, um, this is just like a platform that I wanted to host Thrive Together on, I didn't have the financial resources to do it. So I did the steps and do the thing, and that wasn't a known thing back then, but I did these steps that I'm explaining to you today, and instead of being like, well, I can't afford the platform that I want to host it on, and staying stuck in limbo in that space, I built it myself. I literally used my own website, and I built it myself. And what I mean here, I'm not like being like, oh, wow, look at me. (laughs) What I mean here is I had a genuine reason not to invest in the high price tag platform that I wanted, but at the same time, I wanted to launch what I had on my heart. And that's what I mean. That's the whole point of taking inspired, aligned, joyful action. By what, what I mean by this is I didn't let those things get in my way. I moved forward with what I had until I had better and then I did better. And I didn't make it mean anything about me. I didn't make it be like, oh, well, you know, if, if if my business was going better, then I would have more money and I'd be able to invest in this. And I didn't make it mean anything or get stuck in that victim-like space. I didn't sit in the headspace of how hard it is and poor me. And I also, by the way, really recognized at the time any thoughts that were coming up around, you know, oh, but that's going to take a lot of my time and energy and I don't want to invest it in that in case it doesn't work and people don't sign up, which, by the way, is massive scarcity thinking. Thinking that if you invest your time into something and it doesn't work, it will be a waste. Total scarcity. Anyway, that's not, we're not here to talk about that today. What I'm saying is we have to learn to hold vision of where we're headed without knowing the how, without being obsessed with the how, but instead taking aligned, joyful action as we make the small steps, as we make the moves towards what we want. That is why you can literally bring anything to do the thing. It does not matter. I don't need to be an expert in what it is you wanna go and create in order for you to take part in this and make progress. And what I'm saying to you here is, it is my choice that I deserve joy, I realise now that my suffering, my burnout, my sacrifice, my none of that equals something that's more valuable or worthy, that thinking is so outdated to the time when if you were to work for an hour, you got paid this much money. That's not true all of the time. So I choose to make the most of the privilege that I have. And that privilege is me recognising I was born into this body, in this time, in this part of the world, in this age where we have access to the world at our fingertips. I choose to acknowledge the potential that is available to me. And instead of being weighed down by that, using it as fuel. So please note that step five to do the thing is about what what can I do. Because so often where we get stuck is we are so focused on what we haven't got and what we can't do and how complicated it is that we can't we're not investing any of our time and energy and attention to what well what can I do? What literally I've got half an hour, what can I do? Like <laughs> that. Oh no 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 I need to wait till I've got two full days to brainstorm it out. No you don't. What can you do in the next half an hour? Do you see? Do you see how we overcomplicate things? Do you see that we become martyrs of our own belief systems? So that last thing, do the thing. Number six, step six, the practice of doing the thing. You've learned the steps to take yourself through. This is about embedding, integration, embodying. Stage, Stage six is about embodiment. It's about integration. It's about taking the model and making it mean something to you. Stage 6 is about shifting your identity space and it's what many of you would call probably the fluffy bit it's it's not about strategy it's not about the how it's about the foundational inner work that is self love if you're having a shit time with it all love yourself more if you're making loads of mistakes and looking a complete tit in public, love yourself more. If you don't know what to do next and you're completely stuck and uncertain, love yourself more. And I know that you're gonna wanna fight me on this one. I would have fighted me on this one. (laughs) I know that there are gonna be some of you who are so committed to force and shame, but I promise you, there is a better way for you. A way that helps you to be more productive, honour yourself more, love and care for yourself more, increase your self-esteem, and keep going in the direction that you want to more. And that really is all about the relationship that you have with yourself. If, if give you an example, let's say that the direction, the destination you want to be headed in is quite simply to have a healthy body. And each day you stick to your very strategic plan and it's all going well until one stressful Wednesday when it all goes to shit and you face plant a bowl of pasta that would serve a family of 10 and you drink a bottle of wine and you eat your body weight in sugary treats. It is then that you need to love yourself more because you can coach yourself all you like through this. But if you're using shame and blame, it's gonna make you think thoughts and believe beliefs that you tried and you failed, that it can't happen for people like you and that you've got evidence to prove it. Look, see, I've got evidence. But the difference when we work on the relationship with ourselves is that instead of making our lack of progress or our failure mean something awful about us, we're able to see it for what it is and we're able to love ourselves through it so we can actually see that it's all perfectly fine. It doesn't mean it's where I'm going. And I, what I like in this too is like something less emotionally charged, if you like, is if you've spoken English your whole life, and then you spend six months learning Spanish and you go to Spain, you're going to naturally spit out some English automatically from time to time. Because in my case, I've spoken English for 35 years. So letting myself go through this process and loving myself through the journey, the good and the bad, the highs and the lows, without making it mean something about me and how much I, how much love and, and worthiness I think I'm worth, just because, oops, I said some English, I meant to speak Spanish. It's like, yeah, okay, well, that's normal. So... That's the last stage. The last stage is about integration and there's so much that I guide you through in this last stage. Hopefully you've got a better feel for do the thing and whether it's right for you. But also hopefully you were able to hear in this episode that whether you're joining us or not, This is a framework upon which you can listen to this episode as many times as you like. You can go back to certain points and replay them. You can identify the stage that you're like, oh God, I really need to spend more time in stage two. That's the one for me, right? That's my intention with this free content in the podcast. My intention is that you find it valuable. And for any of you who are considering joining us and do the thing, please, please use this episode as a does my body feel like this is a yes for me or do actually has this confirmed that this isn't for me because one of the things that I will say is before I go into Q&A about do the thing one of the things that I will say is it's really important to me with anything that we you engage in with me that you make an informed decision and I want to say that I've had a few of you drop into my inbox asking questions before you've then gone on to purchase and What I do want for you is to be able to give you the information so that you can make informed decisions. What I won't do is convince you. Please don't expect me to convince you. That is not how I roll. Just like you wouldn't walk into Tesco and and expect them to convince you to buy some milk, you either want it or you don't. You're in or you're not. And I mean that with so, I know that sounds quite harsh, but I mean it with so much compassion and love. I will not convince you because I want you to join me in whatever space completely invested because it's going to be you who, if you go, if you listen to this podcast episode, that's an investment of your time and the change that it has in your life will be based on what you do when you've stopped listening to the episode, not when you're listening to the episode. It's what you do after listening to the episode. And so if you're going to spend your time and your financial resources invested in working with me, I need you to be committed. That commitment has to come from inside of you. It cannot come from being convinced by me. Anyway, <laughs> rant over. Here's the information. So, if you've joined me for this episode and you have no interest in joining us and do the thing or it's too late, this is the moment where you switch off, we part ways, and I say the thing that I always say, which is please have an intentional day. I am always cheering you on. I hope that you are cheering you on too. If you are sticking around for the questions and answers, let's dive in. Question number one, can I do do the thing if I am not a business owner or a leader? I made the huge mistake, it's a mistake, I positioned myself when I first started Thrive Life and Business, my business, I positioned myself by talking to my audience and calling them leaders and The thing I didn't realize at that time is what I thought a leader was and what a lot of you think a leader is, are two very different things, right? So when I say the word leader, a lot of people will think corporate, they'll think I have to have a team, I have to be a boss, I have to, none of that shit, right, listen... You are leading in your life because you are the one making decisions about your life. That's it. You don't need to be a business owner. You don't need to be a leader. You don't have to be anything. If do the thing calls to you because there's something you want to do, be or have, it is for you. Next question. What if I don't know what my thing is? Contact me. Contact me because it's unlikely that you'd be asking that question if you really weren't sure. Um, I have had a couple of people be like, I'm not really sure about my thing. I'm not really sure if it's if it even is a thing because it's just about something. I just want to be more of this. Good. Do the thing is about wanting to be, do or have something. Then yes, you have a thing. And part of do the thing, part of the pre-modules will be supporting you in figuring out what that is. So yeah, it's fine. Totally join. Um, so if you feel called to do this, I'm inviting you in. There are limited spaces, we're not at full capacity yet, I am inviting you in. So if there's a question that hasn't been asked that you wish was, contact me on Instagram, Thrive Life and Business, or send me an email, contact at tlb.org.uk and I'll be happy to answer any questions that you might have. I genuinely hope though that this episode has been useful. I really hope that it has been useful in the content and also useful to you if you are deciding about joining Do The Thing and this is giving you the information to make a decision one way or the other. So on that, please never forget I am always cheering you on. I hope that you are cheering you on too and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for being here with me today all the way to the end. My goal is to get this podcast into the earholes of everyone who would benefit from hearing it, so I have a request for you please could you share this episode by clicking the share link and sending it to a friend, a colleague and for bonus points, leave me a review on iTunes or tag me over on Instagram. If you want to contact me, the best place to find me is over on Instagram or you can just mail me direct on contact at tlb.org.uk. All the links are in the show notes. So until the next episode, have an intentional day. I am cheering you on.